Welcome to this Joint Work Smart and Elephants Don't Forget podcast, a follow-up to the latest webinar on how coronavirus is transforming complaint handling and what you can do about it. In this episode, I'm joined by Adrian Harvey from the AI-powered knowledge retention firm Elephants Don't Forget, Anthony Egan from complaints handling technology firm WorkSmart, together with complaint handling consultants Sarah Lawrence and Caroline Wells. So let's get to it. So the first poll question asked, what are your primary concerns in relation to complaint handling over the next 90 days? And it's a multiple choice question. And the, the answer that scored 58% of the audience vote was ensuring we do things correctly by following regulatory guidelines. Next was coping with the sheer volume of complaints and then supporting the well-being of our employees came in at 38%. I guess I wasn't particularly surprised, but I was disappointed to see that the majority of firms were citing adherence to procedure over the well-being and welfare and emotional support of their employees at this point in time, because the two are inevitably linked. Yeah, you want to do it properly, you need your employees on site. I think that's a really good point. I think some of the businesses that I've spoken to have talked about getting caught out in a few months' time when this all settles down. And I think that fear is driving the behaviour of wanting to satisfy the FCA and the Ombudsman to some degree as well. What was interesting, and I suppose uh, to echo everybody else's comments on this was disappointing, was that this question was about the next 90 days. This is a massive, could be potentially life-changing for members of staff that could actually say, well, forget it, I'm going to walk then, I'm going to go and do something else. Mm. And if you're not supporting them, you're not investing in them, continuing to, they could make that decision sooner and leave you well, in the lurch, really, as you see your staff numbers dwindle. And one of the interesting things I saw come out from the questions was there was quite a lot of sentiment amongst the group saying, maybe we shouldn't be counting our chickens because there's pent up complaint demand building, which I think was Caroline's point. Mm, yeah. As people's resilience reduces, be that because they're not being appropriately supported by their employers in their solo working state that they're in now, albeit because perhaps they no longer have employment, yeah? as the circumstances around their personal life changes, does this drive more and more people to, in a heightened emotional state, complain? Mm-hmm. The general consensus I read in the questions was that there's a yeah. real concern that there's a pressure cooker out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's some really simple things about sort of operationally at the moment. You know, there are some businesses I know that are saying to people, you booked your holiday for Easter, which is coming up soon for a lot of people, take it. Other businesses saying, we can't afford to let you go. Can you mm. not take your holiday and take it later on in the year? My fear is that actually as this progresses and we start to see this ripple effect from customers who are, who are starting to struggle at different times of this next year, really, that we're always going to be in a resource light challenge exactly yeah, yeah exactly that yeah. because we are we're always going to be slightly below par when it comes to our resourcing for lots of different reasons 45 percent of that first audience poll question said their primary concern was coping with the sheer volume of complaints from a tech point of view are they resilient and do they have their continuity plans in place to cope with that sheer volume yeah from a technology point of view this this will uh, really highlight firms that have uh, invested in the right technology. You'll be amazed. I, I still come across lots of firms still using spreadsheets, as I mentioned on the on the webinar. And this will highlight straight away to them that if you've got remote people now home based and um, trying to manage and um, deal with complaints coming in, 
spreadsheets just aren't going to work for you. So from that perspective, if you've got a centralized system where staff can access it from home, it's all web-based, they can go in, they can see the queues of complaints coming through the system, they can be assigned to individuals to go and manage, then all of that really shouldn't make too much of a difference whether they're in the office dealing with complaints coming through the system or if they're at home dealing with complaints coming through the system. And it will just come down to the technology that they've got in place. Well, that and the fact that they're now sat on their own in an perhaps a completely inappropriate working environment with little or no support from their employer and the fact that half of their teammates are, for one way or another, not presenting available for work. The technology is one part of the solution. I sh- for sure, take the technology away as well, and that just increases the pressure considerably. That lone risk is going to really evolve. And, and if you're a complaint handler, typically when I go out and see some of our customers, You've got a team that work closely together. They can bounce off each other. They're able to talk through maybe challenging customers and and they can speak to their line managers. They can take a wander around, speak to someone. In that home environment, this is something that firms are going to really have to keep an eye on. And especially team leaders, managers, keeping on top of the welfare and and the health of (laughs) their staff dealing with complaints on a, a daily basis if these volumes are going up as they say they are. To Anthony's point, I saw a lot of comment on the uh, question panel of attendees saying, yeah, what we do is, you know, we're using Yammer and we're doing these things to keep in touch with our employees and everything like that, which is good. And it's completely unstructured. Yeah. So it's great. It's a bit like Anthony saying, we're using spreadsheets right now. That, that just ain't going to help you. That, that's not going to deliver the result that you need. You know, using Yammer is a positive move by management to help support their employees but you need structure behind it otherwise how are you going to measure it 30 percent of firms reported on the webinar no change in the call volume and then we had 16 percent said there's been an uplift of 10 to 20 percent 13 percent of firms said there was an uplift of more than a hundred percent yes i mean that's i mean 100 percent is 100 percent. that's huge isn't it for them to be having that experience at this time i think they're ahead of the curve i wonder what business they're in and whether they are handling products that might be more sensitive to what's happening right now. But for me, that suggests that the other statistics that are coming back from the people that took part in the poll, this is something that's going to continue again for the foreseeable while customers start to understand the gravity of the situation and try and get to grips with what they can do to sort themselves out. And obviously that has operational challenges for businesses who are trying to meet things like internal service level agreements. I suspect the ones with more than 100% would be more in the insurance <laughs> sector where maybe there's uh, been a lot of claims, maybe travel insurance, uh, holiday insurance. Yeah, People are starting to claim on those policies and maybe the in these early stages, some of the, the procedures aren't really bedded in. It might also be the, um, we sort of talked, touched on it in the webinar, it's, it's obviously multifaceted, but someone, I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was, someone mentioned about communication and communicating with people, putting warnings up, you know, making sure people understand what's going on, FAQs. And it could be that some businesses are simply better at communicating with their customers what's going on for them. So as you yeah. say, it could be status updates, but it could also be a lack of communication. Yeah, because in the absence of anything, you create a vacuum, don't you? And then people want want to find out the answer. And if they're already anxious and they can't get through the first time, then they will try again and they will try again. 31% of respondees from today's webinar saw an uplift of 50% or more 
in their complaints. Right. So a third mm. of the audience <clears throat> is yeah. seeing over 50% more complainants to their organisations. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think that's a really sobering statistic. Yeah. Because I, I think, I think at first our sense was that you know people would hold off a bit from complaining. Everyone was, you know, was, you know this whole thing about everyone coming together as a community to sort of deal with this. But actually, life does go on, and if people can't get access to financial services or whatever it is, then there's a there is a breaking point for people, and for some people it's immediate, and yeah. for others it, it will be like you say Sarah in a month or two's time when actually they've exhausted all of their other options and there isn't anything left for them to do and that's when you know we always say this when things go wrong that's when a customer really sizes you up and that's when you show your true colors mm-hmm. as a business why is it critical mission critical to really not take your foot off the pedal on learning yeah so i think there's many analogies spring to mind and um one of them is the boat that hits the proverbial rock and I don't want to have a conversation with you about training, Philip, pick up the bucket and start bailing. That's fine and it's appropriate for the circumstances, but not for more than a few days. So once you're completely ignoring any of Philip's other requirements as an employee and as a human, yeah, and with all those vulnerabilities and emotions, you are starting to degrade the discretional effort that your employees are prepared to deploy on your behalf. And with a reduction in discretional effort is a correlation with poorer complaint serving and more mistakes. And ultimately, less presenteeism from your employees. In other words, you actually do have to invest more now in training and developing and supporting your employees completely counterintuitively, but you do need to do that if you want your business reputation to survive through what is not a short-term rock-hitting exercise. And that wraps into the conduct and culture. You referred to a tool for organisations to quantify and assess the stress and strain of those employees and those remote workers. What we've done is rather than take a traditional approach to employee well-being, which is more commonly associated with like have we got a new pool table and can we bring our dogs to work on a Friday? We have created a, an emotional wellbeing monitor. It's a plug-in for Nelly users. Plug this in and within one week and with less than a minute's involvement of your employees, we can give you a very precise profile of the wellbeing of your workforce. And then we can monitor that on a weekly basis. Why would we monitor it? Because you want to see trend. So any employer wanting to understand what the emotional well-being of their employees is, needs to recognise that it's not going to be great and that interventions are required. So they need to solve the problem. They need to stack up some credible interventions. Over to you, Anthony. How are firms using technology appropriately to, to address this new challenge? We've had a number of calls from existing customers over the, the last week and a half. And a lot of them who are set up at home, who've got the technology, are still carrying on recording, managing the complaints. I think the the key question that was coming out was how do we actually categorise these cases so that we can report directly on how many complaints specifically around the COVID-19 issue have we had in the, when they come back to look at this in the future. Obviously, from a QA analysis in the complaint systems where you've got this capability, it is a way maybe to highlight 
if you are wanting to be a bit more relaxed and treating customers fairly specifically with the situation we have around COVID-19, by doing the QA on handling complaints at the first point of contact, then you can actually see if there's any issues with your team in the way they're arriving at decisions for those cases closed at first point of contact. So that's a way to maybe flag any issues or learning opportunities. And then obviously through to the MIs, Lloyds of London, I spoke with them two days ago. They, they were saying that the fact that they will be asking all their insurers to record and report to them how many of the complaints they're getting on a weekly basis are specifically related to COVID-19. So we need to do, we're going to be doing an exercise where we'll be giving some communication and guidelines to all of our customers on that. I suspect exec teams, the board of businesses will want to know what is, has been the cost of, of this to the business in terms of complaints, because complaints do come with a cost in terms of redress that they're paying out. And so the only way to get that MI information if you're categorizing these complaints correctly, and that can only really be done with a, a, a system in place and the correct recording of those cases when you're logging them onto the system. Sarah and Caroline, a key point is that the FCA expects firms to adopt a reasonable approach when dealing with customer or consumer requests. What is your response to what the FCA expects and are firms able to uphold to that regulatory expectation? I guess they, they sort of talk about BAU but their expectations would suggest that they are expecting business as usual really even though it's exceptional times. There hasn't been in terms of complaints handling they're still saying that you need to adhere to the eight weeks for normal complaints and for 15 working days for payment services complaints so there isn't any real bending of the rules there but in terms of what businesses can do obviously we are working in unprecedented times it's a question of you being able to show in your processes that you are dealing with complaints reasonably which is it sounds woolly but that's always been the mantra and the ethos behind the regulations. Nothing's really changed in terms of what the FCA expects of of businesses when they're handling complaints it very much sounds like they're saying you know tell us if you're really struggling do what you can to meet the current guidelines and and time frames when it comes to handling complaints and keep in contact with your customers to keep them up to date and involved in the process so they don't feel that they've been abandoned and I, I would imagine it you know and so and I were talking about this earlier on which is about you know what can you do when you're in this situation what kind of tips and tricks have you got up your sleeve to be able to do this and I just think sometimes you've got to be really honest with customers about what's going on and maybe some of the limitations that you've got around providing the service that you would normally be able to do because you're trying to sort out you know in the background how things are going to work properly and and for a little time it might be a little bit difficult for people to get to get hold of you so I think you know there's nothing worse as a customer than getting a bog standard templated letter every two weeks that tells you absolutely naffle And I think businesses have got a lot better at providing updates that need to tell customers something about what's going on. So at least they feel they haven't been abandoned and left behind. We put together for WorkSmart a download with some telephone tips, uh, complaint handling and writing how to do it for staff. Because obviously we're saying that they need to keep them trained, but that might be something that they might want to look at in terms of how they can manage complaints when they first come through the door with staff that aren't potentially trained in it so final thoughts and wrap up i think what the poll results told me was that we're still all thinking very day-to-day as opposed to thinking about the long term and we need to do that 
and we need to put the well-being of our employees at the heart of what we do above everything else that came out from those poll results. I completely agree with Caroline. The indications or the data points that I saw would indicate that we are in management mode and we need to be in leadership mode and we need to be supporting our people that we are relying completely and utterly on in delivering our way out of this crisis. Sarah? I think Caroline and Adrian have sort of said it really. It is very short-termist day-to-day firefighting at the moment and it does need to be thought about longer term because this is going to have a massive impact on the industry. I think the key thing for, for me is that firms need to be using technology to manage this. It's a better way that they can keep consistency of their handling of these COVID-19 specific complaints. They'll be able to track the complaints, the trends that are coming through, the redress that's being paid out and more importantly then down the line the MI that comes off the back of that. Thanks for listening to this podcast. To find out more about how Elephants Don't Forget's artificial intelligence tool can be deployed throughout your organisation to improve the competence and capability of your complaint handling staff wherever they are located, please visit elephantsdon'tforget.com. To learn how WorkSmart's intuitive complaint software, CareSmart, can help make it easier to capture, manage, track, communicate and report on complaints across your entire business network, please visit worksmart.co.uk. Okay.